0: stone by stone, from its original position in front of the Reichstag Parliament building half a mile away. They said it was done to create space for Albert Speer's plans for the new Berlin. A voice floated down, saying something about lunch. He looked at his watch. It was 12.45. They were due at the Ambassador's residence in a neighbouring suburb at 1pm, for what had been described as a small, welcome lunch. They would be late. "'I'll wait in the hall,' he said loudly and walked downstairs. By the front door he caught his reflection in the gilded hall mirror, a rakish hat pulled down over an angular face whose long nose pointed over thin lips to a jutting chin. At school they'd called him nosy, but he was tall for his age and a handy forward in the rug of first fifteen. Nobody'd ever tried to bully him— He pulled the belt of his overcoat tight and looked at his watch. He had been told that the ambassador disapproved of guests arriving late, especially if they were on his staff. Sir Neville Henderson was well known on the diplomatic circuit in Berlin. He was always elegantly dressed in the old-fashioned style of an Edwardian gentleman, wingtip collar, dark tie, waistcoat and watch chain. His one concession to colour was the red carnation he invariably wore in his buttonhole. He was unmarried, and often invited a middle-aged lady on his staff, Daisy Wellesley, to act as his hostess. This somewhat unusual arrangement was the subject of quite unfounded gossip. It was also said, quite truthfully as it happened, that Sir Neville provided only fine German wines, whether at lunch or dinner— for fear that French vintages might upset his official guests. On this Sunday, Noel and Primrose McRae were offered a light white Bavarian wine while standing around a log fire at the far end of the dining room. The table had been laid for seven, McRae noticed. There were three other guests, the political attaché David Buckland and his wife Amanda, and a stout middle-aged man with the veined nose of an habitual drinker, who clearly did not wish to be there. He was introduced as Roger Halliday, a senior member of the team. He certainly did not dress like a diplomat. His clothes looked as if they'd been acquired at a flea market and flung on in the dark. The shirt collar was frayed. The cuffs protruded from an old hunting jacket that had lost its buttons. The jacket had deep, baggy pockets, presumably once used for stowing the odd game bird his hair was a mop of uncombed white curling in lank waves over his collar he looked like a poacher thought macrae he guessed he was a member of the secret intelligence service macrae watched as his wife thawed out under the charm of the ambassador and the effect of the wine her face which had been set in a frosty mask since they left vienna had relaxed Sir Neville said he was terribly sorry about the abrupt move, which must have been very awkward. He hoped their new home had been made as welcoming as possible, had they by any chance noticed the champagne in the fridge. Primrose said she had not, but thanked him for being so generous and thoughtful. Yes, she said, the move had been a bit of a struggle. They'd not really had time to say goodbye properly to their friends. But when His Majesty's Government calls... She gave a tinkling laugh. The ambassador smiled and gestured to the table where plates of soup had been served. He tucked a napkin into his shirt collar and turned to Macrae. "'How long were you in Vienna, Colonel?' he asked. Three years, Sir Neville,' said Macrae. The ambassador liked his title to be used even by his own staff. "'Good listening post, Austria," said the ambassador. "'Indeed?' One probably learns more about what the German High Command is thinking in Vienna than here, in Berlin. Sir Neville found the remark irritating. The British ambassador in Berlin did not need his new military attaché to tell him what was in the mind of the German High Command. Really? he said dryly. German generals spend a lot of time there on military cooperation meetings— holidays, socializing, that sort of thing. They talk more freely there in a way they can't hear. So perhaps you would enlighten us and tell us what?